Hi, Natalie. Hi, Tara. What's up? Oh, nothing much. How are you? Doing okay. Doing okay. Surviving this insane heat the best I can. Dreadful. Yes, dreadful it's summer. Nice to be in this nice, cool AC store. <laughs> yes, same. You know what? It's been a whole month. We should pick our albums of the month. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And discuss. I got one. Oh, yeah? What is it? It's Loney Deer and his album, Dear John. Ooh, I've heard of him. I haven't fully dove, dived, dove. Um, I haven't listened to it with. thoroughly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think you'll dig it. I'm excited about this one. Cool. I also have one. Mm-hmm. Hit me. It's from 2001, Fridge. Oh, it's nice. It's called Happiness. Fortets, little musical playground. Yes, <laughs> yes. Sweet. Oh, hi. How are you? Hello. I'm Tara. I'm Natalie. Thanks for stopping by. Let us know if you need anything. So yeah, I am excited to talk about music that's not necessarily new and not necessarily on a top five list with you. Shall we just dive into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, I'm all about it. Taking care of business. TCB, as Elvis would would say. All right. So Fridge, Happiness. This album came out in 2001, but I chose it because for... April was re-released, was restored, reconstructed, remastered from the original tapes, all by Kieran Hebden, aka Fortet himself. Originally, it was released on Text Records, which was Kieran Hebden's own record label at the time. So yeah, a refresh, a re-release, a restore, remaster means we should talk about it. Yeah. A visit, a revisit. Yeah, it's been a while since I've, I've listened to this one. Cool. So you have heard it before. I have. It was like on my my studying playlist in school. Oh, yeah. It was like the perfect study music. Yeah. It is perfect study music. Well, there's one song I think that kind of would drive me crazy and I would have to skip it. But (laughs) yeah, it's pretty good study music. Yeah. So Fridge, if anyone in the store isn't familiar, is an English instrumental post-rock band formed in 1995 by friends Kieran Hebden, a.k.a. Fortet, as I just mentioned, Adam Ilhan, Ilhan, Ilion, I apologize if I'm screwing that up, also known as Dim and Silver Columns with Johnny Lynch and Sam Jeffers on drums. So Hebden, Adem, and Jeffers all met at Elliott School in Putney, Southwest London, where actually... Burial and Hot Chip and the XX all went to school. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's some fun Isn't trivia. That yeah, that's cool. What's going on over there? Yeah. Cre- the creative minds at the Elliott School, That's it's just very impressive. But uh, yeah, they had kind of like a rhythm heavy sound. They were quite influenced by Krautrock bands like Can and Noi. I think it's how I always say new, but I know it's not correct to say new. It's just how it kind of looks. So, but I think it's Noi. And yeah, they are kind of also similar to Tortoise, maybe. Do Makes a Think. I hear similarities of the books, except for maybe a little less samples and also Boards of Canada. But yeah, their sound kind of started more post-rocky and leaned towards electronic over their career. And I would say that this album is a really nice 
foray into Kieran Hebden's solo career, more on the electronic sample dabbling sort of end there. At some point, they occasionally backed the band for Badly Drawn Boy, which I think is wonderful because I love Badly Drawn Boy, and in 2000 remixed his single Another Pearl. And then following that is when Happiness came out, and it was highly regarded and considered their best to date by critics. So yeah, we're going to just dive into Happiness. Sweet. Was this their last their last album, Esfridge? Oh, good question. No, it was not their last. So Happiness came out in 2001 and was, I guess, like I said, considered their high point. But then they had a double album called The Sun that was released in 2007. Hmm. And I think they had quite a long period of inactivity after Kieran Hepton started his solo career. Mm-hmm. They never officially split up, though. So I guess there's a potential that they could reunite. Oh, and interestingly, soon we will get a Big Ears announcement. Yeah, that's coming up. I just think that it would be really cool if Fridge reunited for Big Ears. Since it is their, what, like 20-year anniversary? Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. If that actually happens, I'm going to be spooked. You're officially a sage. That's this cool, is my though. dream. Also, apparently DJ Shadow, this is unrelated slightly, DJ Shadow is announcing a new album. Oh, really? Yeah. I completely missed that. When's that I'm happening? I'm so excited. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I just know that something new is coming. Oh, that's dope. We'll just wait with bated breath. Yeah. So yeah, no, that was not their final album. But yeah, Happiness, re-released in April of 2023 on vinyl. And let's just dive into it. The first track is Melodica and Trombone. It's it's kind of ambient with a melodica. I like, so this is a funny thing about this album is that all the songs are labeled or titled or named in such a way that you're not surprised by what you get. <laughs> I like it's very literal. I like that. It's very literal. But I love what I love about this song is that it's I love the disarray of this song as the opening track. You listen to the song, it doesn't really give you any insight into the rest of the album. It's it's quite chaotic but in a fun way. And yeah, there is a lot more chaos in this album, but there's also more organic moments that are less chaotic so yeah i just love the disarray of of this opening track (laughs) and then track two i'm probably not going to go through each and every track but i will say a few things but track two drum machines and a glockenspiel Again, no shockers here. This one's long, tracking at 13 minutes. Yeah. And is there's like no structure to it whatsoever, at least none that I can really tell. But it's a very fun exploration of sound. I enjoy it. This one, I'm of split mind with this one. I like the groove for studying, you know, because it kind of just yeah. sits in the same spot. But I just don't think there's enough of a payoff for it to go on for 13 minutes. Like it kind of yeah, builds up right. and it has that really kind of irritating percussive thing happening towards the end. And I'm like, really? Yeah. That's what I get for sticking around for 13 minutes. 
you know? Yeah. It's just not that interesting yeah. after a while. But I do dig it a lot for like the first half. Yeah. I will say if you're if you're talking about payoff, maybe the reward is actually in track three. If you've gotten through the 13 minutes of drum machines and glockenspiel, you are rewarded with the beautiful cut-up piano and xylophone. That is fair. Yeah, this one I think is very similar to that fortet sound that has, you know, the effective live live instruments, the the electronic patterns, the reverb a little bit. I don't know. This one reminds me the most of fortet. And I even chose another fortet song to compare it to. And again, it's not exact, but I think you can somewhat hear the similarities. The fortet song I chose is My Angel Moves Back and Forth from Rounds. I don't recall that fortet song just from the title, honestly, but I believe you because I also thought it sounded very fortetti. But you know what song it reminded me of? That open, what? that beautiful cut-up motif. It's Fortet's remix of The Weight of My Words by Kings of Convenience. Oh, I haven't heard that remix. He kind of has the same effect. Like you hear the... He cuts up the guitar riff that they play in the original in a really beautiful way, and it sounds a lot like that opening motif in this song. That's cool. Nice. I'm going to jump to track five because it's my favorite. Yeah, my favorite of the entire set list here. I think why I like it, and I you could probably guess, is that it has this almost low-key indie guitar alternative rock feel, but with the experimental tinge to it. So like experimental pavement almost, maybe a little bit of Sonic Youth, but less noise, maybe a little bit of Yellow Tango too, but a little bit more noise than Yellow Tango. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, this one is definitely like the most Terra of all of the songs on the album. I agree. I kind of predicted you would like this one the best, <laughs> but funnily, because I'm more of like an electronic kind of person, this is the one that resonates with me the least. You know? That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But another note that I have about this track is that you start to hear these children's voices sampled within. And it reminds me of Boards of Canada, like the song Color of Fire. Or even another uh, like Roy G. Biv from mm, Boards of yeah. Canada. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And it's also really long too, so. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. It has more of the the live instrumentation and less of the samples and edits and bleep bloops. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that's why I like it. I don't know. I like bleeps and bloops. I like the Beeps guitars too. Bleeps and bloops too. are 
my jam. Yeah, true. Um, okay, I'm going to skip forward again to track seven, drums, bass, sonics, and edits. And yeah, this one just has pretty sick drum and bass parts. Again, no surprise there, drums, bass, sonics, and edits being the the title of the track. But yeah, it has some nice electronic keys sort of ambling over the drum and bass parts. And a little more than halfway through, it takes kind of a complete turn and you get more of a somber feel, somber notes and keys from the affected guitar sounds. So yeah, I like I like this one a lot. Next up, we have track eight, Harmonics. Again, with a title like that, Harmonics, you get what you might expect from something called Harmonics. There are quite a lot of harmonics in this song. But something about this song reminds me of the books. Your body is now a glass container. You can smell the orange-colored liquid. For the deeper you go, the deeper you go. Yeah, good call. I can, I can hear I mean, that does, comparison. There are similarities for sure, right? Yeah. I had an, a more distant comparison to it. made me think of Björk's Vespertine era with all like the music box and the Celeste and all that, you know? Yeah, I think definitely. And rhythm, I rhythmically too, they were kind of similar. And that album came out in 2001 as well, so. Oh yeah, I could hear that. And then the last song that I'll call out here from Happiness is track nine and it's another live instrumentation with kind of a swaying long swelling vibe almost explosions in the sky mono that kind of thing actually long singing really like this song, surprisingly. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's real chill. It makes me feel like I'm camping or something wholesome like that. <laughs> yeah, it does have a nice wholesome vibe. Yeah. So wait, you being the electronic girly that you are, which one is your favorite here? I like track three and track eight, the cut up, what is it, cut up something? Yes. <laughs> yep, cut up piano and xylophone. Yeah, and then harmonics. Those two are my favorite. Gotcha, nice. And then on the remaster, you get, I think, some deluxe version additions, extras, maybe the Japanese version mm -hmm. or the songs that were released originally on the Japanese version, Five Combs and Surface Noise and Electric Piano. Five Combs to me has, because of the samples, reminds me a little bit of Kraftwerk, but not entirely. But mm -hmm. I think it's just the samples. But yeah, that's it. Happiness, Fortet, Pre-Fortet. Just on the verge of being fortet. Hear the seeds being planted, nonetheless. You can. Yeah, I might have to pull this one out and then like dust it off for my my work focus workflow time. <laughs> yeah, good call. I think that's a, a good usage of that album. Yeah. I may do the same. All right. Nice pick. I dig it. Oldie Thank but goodie. You. Everyone right. in the store, pick up a copy of the remastered version. And that came out, you said, what, in April? Yeah, April okay, of this so year. It's fresh, hot off the press. Cool. Yeah. So I am going to take us, we're going to fast forward about eight years to 2009 with Loni Deer, Swedish singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist 
real name, Lord Beer Me Strength, Emil Svenangen. <laughs> it's as close as we're going to get. I hope it's somewhere in the ballpark. But anyway, he's fantastic. He's known for making sort of kind of like twee indie rock, you know? Uh, yeah. P- Peter Gabriel described him as Europe's answer to Brian Wilson. Aww. Yeah. Uh, since 2003, he's self-released four albums in Sweden. He then signed with Sub Pop in 2007. And then in 2017, Peter Gabriel signed him to his label, Real World Records, where he's released three more albums, including his most recent in 2022, a live album called Atlantis. Cool. Have you listened to any of the new things? Are they on the same? I haven't. I haven't. There's kind of there's kind of a thread with that, too, because I'm just now. Dear John was the first album of his I discovered and I've been like going through the backlog. So I haven't made Mm -hmm. it to the modern albums yet, but I expect a lot out of this live record because I hear that he's like just spectacular live. So I'm sure it's going to be good. Cool. Yeah. So this album, Dear John, in 2009, it would seem that his sound had turned like from its usual quirky, bubbly love songs to something a bit darker, which is probably why I gravitate to this one in particular. Uh, The songs are still really sweet and charming, but there's something more epic like well maybe not epic's not the right word but it just feels big and it has weight you know and it's definitely gloomy Mm -hmm. so all of these things I like he has this this method of like building up this thick full sound with the instruments and strings and horns and vocals and the energy keeps ramping up and by the end you're just caught up in this whirlwind with him and I think it's I think it's very effective so not every song plays out that way but the ones that do are my favorites so right away the album starts on a high with the track Airport Surroundings. So this is such a catchy pop song. It's got a great buildup and this urgency as it goes along. Um, I like how people point out that the melody is basically Warren G's regulators. Yes, I thought the same thing. Oh my gosh. Which is funny. It didn't occur to me at first. And that's totally bizarre because Regulators is like one of my favorite songs of all time. That's one of those songs that's like my karaoke go-to, you know, and I'm just screaming out. It's weird. Decades will go by and you can just play that track and I'll know, I'll just regurgitate the lyrics like nothing. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's, that's fun. Yeah. I really like that song. I think it's a great way to start the record. And unlike Fridge, I think this one does kind of set you up for what's to come. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's very catchy and it builds and builds in complexity. And I also heard or read that he recorded this album by himself in his basement and that song, like what, how, it does not sound like that whatsoever. It's insane. The kind of production quality and what he was able to accomplish recording stuff at home in his parents' house. It's wild. Yeah. All right. So another favorite of mine is the second track, Everything Turns to You. I don't have too much to say about that one. It kind of feels similar to the first one. It's a little, maybe a little darker, a little more kind of driving with the beat, but um, I just like it. It's groovy. I don't know. Not everything has to be all deep, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one I love is track five called Under a Silent Sea. Under a silent sea With nothing to fear Under a mile of sea His voice is just so gentle and sincere. And like, even as the music builds up around him, he maintains this restraint that I think really increases the emotional tension. 
and like these these big drums come in and pulsating synths are going off. And then suddenly out of nowhere, this full on house beat drops toward the end. <laughs> and you end up like if you hear the first like the first minute of the song, you would never expect to end up where you do. So you really go on yeah. a ride with this one. Number five is one of my favorites for sure of this album. It reminds me of Midlake, his voice. In this song in particular, it oh, sounds like a Midlake song. Mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, uh, there's a weird instrument that makes like a sort of a nose blowy sound. <laughs> Towards the latter part, it's not in a gross way, but kind of a like, what was that kind of a way? Just a curious, what was that? But yeah, and this one, I love the way it swells as well. And while I do like this this shift it makes towards the end, I like. I wish it had stayed in more of the indie Bell and Sebastian Midlake land. Yeah, but it shifts to more of like I don't know, Radiohead, Beans Father John Misty vibe towards the end with that drum machine part. It's not bad though. Yeah. It's just, I kind of, I think I would like the song even more if it just kind of stayed where it was. Yeah. I definitely prefer the beginning where it's just more about his voice, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I agree. I wasn't mad at it. It wasn't like jarring or anything. It's just a little shocking, but you know, whatever, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Next we have track six, I Got Lost. I think this one is a perfect midpoint for the album. It's a really nice contrast to all these big, heavy instrumentals that come before it. Here, it's just him and some gentle strings and guitar, and you get to really appreciate his soft, almost fragile voice, you know? And I'm not usually into indie voice. Like, they seem to have this kind of whiny twang that I find (laughs) off-putting. But yeah. I wouldn't include Loney Deer in that category. I actually really like the timbre of his voice. And he sounds great live, too, in the videos I watched. Yeah, I like this one, too. And for me, it had almost like a red, a blonde redhead vibe, his oh, voice yeah. here. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. And then I think, uh, or I also read that Andrew Bird played violin on this album. And I don't know if it's the whole way through or just one or two songs, but mm. maybe on this one. Because I definitely could tell there was a lot more prominent violin on this one. Oh, nice. And yeah, again, I'm just like, I cannot believe this was a basement album because <laughs> the composition of these orchestral components just kind of blows me away. <laughs> I don't understand. How did he do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he's got a lot going on, but he really cleverly you know, integrates all of the pieces and they just kind of float together nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Got to respect it. I think if the other songs are like frolicking out in the open fields, this one is wrapped in a blanket next to a cozy fireplace. The melody kind of feels like some old timey medieval tune, you know, I think it's really charming in that way. Definitely. Actually, thinking about those type of environments for each of the songs, track four (laughs) reminded me of maybe something you'd want to hear when you're on an airplane and you're taking off oh, yeah. uh, alone on a travel, on an adventure by yourself, or maybe while you're taking a, a ride on your bicycle in a faraway land and you're playing, you know, some lovely songs on your earbuds. That track four, <laughs> those are the moments. Nice. These are all great scenarios for this music. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. 
All right, so then we have track nine, Harm Slow. And I must have slept for many years Cause I had forgotten how the morning felt I didn't mind the danger at all This is easily the most heartbreaking song on the whole album. The song we just talked about before called I Got Lost, like think of that one as the amuse-bouche. This song is where I really fell in love with his voice, right? It's as if he's just on the edge of completely shattering, you know? I yeah. think um, if you are someone who's ever experienced significant lows or loss in your life, this is one of those songs I think just grabs you on some subconscious wavelength, whether or not you're a fan of the artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. This one is, it's funny that you skip track seven and eight and go s straight to this one because I also did the same. Uh, <laughs> it appears that I also enjoy the slow brooding ones on this album. Hmm. I love the soft vibrato tones in his voice. And again, so similar to Tim Smith, formerly of Midlake. I just love that sound of his voice. Yeah, it's really, really pretty. The last stanza of the song reads, That's how I fell from top of 12 stories to the ground. For the reasons I had, the ones I know, the ones I don't, for all I forgot, that is all I could do, that is how I want you. Now, wow. It's debatable whether or not he's alluding to an aliving oneself, right? But the mm. song does end abruptly just beyond that point, which certainly kind of strengthens that impression, I think. Yeah, so this one really, really gives me all the feels for sure. Plus harm, the title, harm is in the title, and violent yeah. is the next one. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to actually skip over that one. <laughs> okay. unless, unless you <laughs> have something no. to say about it. I, I usually I skip that I one. I don't. I, yeah, we're going to go straight to the end because I think the album does try to end on a more comforting note uh, with the title track, Dear John. So this one has sort of a jaunty 60s pop vibe. And then these lovely warm horns come in and you know, these marching band drums, and it feels like a little village parade. It's all very celebratory, you know? So you get a little relief from all the heaviness <laughs> from the rest yeah. of the album. Yeah, I think it's a great way to end. I love it. It makes me feel happy. Um, but yeah, that's it. I've heard he's just spectacular live, like almost to the point where, like being one of those artists where once you see them live, it kind of spoils the studio albums. Oh, yeah. Do you have any artists like that? Like you saw them live and you just couldn't, you just didn't care about the studio records anymore? You know, there has to be, and I can't think of them right now off the top of my head, but I know there is. Well, I'll tell you mine. Maybe something One will pop two. into your head. Okay. Um, mine would be Erica Badu. I saw Erica Badu live the first time, and I just I just didn't go near her studio albums for years. They just couldn't live up to it. Yeah. She's, su she's such a force on stage. <laughs> she really is. Yeah. I've seen her live a few times, and yeah, she definitely puts on a stellar show. One I immediately think of is um, Feist. Oh, I love she, Feist. Yeah. She shreds live. Um, and her voice is just so beautiful. And yeah. I think sometimes the studio is too shiny, glossy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she does have that kind of like unique quality to her voice that shouldn't be messed with, with computers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I never got to see her solo. I loved her solo work so much. I saw her with... Um, Oh, God, my memory's terrible. Please help me. The band. 
Oh, broken social scene? Yeah, yeah, broken social scene, yes. But um, yeah, I love Feist. Yeah, I know there's more. I just can't think of any. Well, that's it. That's my album, Dear John from Loney Deer. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a good one. So I say all that. We're coming full circle now. You asked me the question at the beginning. This album and the four before were meant to be a sort of creative quintet. And he said that this album is a literal Dear John letter to his career up to that point, indicating some sort of like big shift or transformation to come. So I'm going to catch up on his discography and I'm curious to see how he's evolved since then. Well, thinking of evolving one's career, saying goodbye to the past and moving on with the next step, I think that's our commonality here. Oh my God, we did it. Fortet. Oh, and I'm going to hit us with a double whammy. Not only that, I think these albums are both considered the height of these artists' discographies. Maybe not the artists, but you mean like the group. Well, a a fridge. Well, certainly a fridge. Specifically fridge, fridge, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. No, yeah, that that's definitely true for Fridge. So, Dear John is Lonnie Deer's top also? I think so. It was really, really, it was met with high praise. Like yeah. Magnus, is it Magnum Opus? Yeah, Magnum Opus yeah. territory. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. I love it when we find our commonalities. Like I know. That. I mean, it's so easy sometimes. It, it's just, just so organic. We set ourselves up for it. Got a good record going, man. What, going on like two years? <laughs> It's true. Well, I'm glad you brought this album to me to listen to, to check out. Yeah. And thank you for reminding me of of Fridge. I'm going to bring that out of retirement. I can't wait to hear what the next one's going to be. Come on, big ears. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Seriously. I can't wait. I have to know. (laughs) Well, let's, let's go home early today. Hallelujah. That's like the best idea you've ever had. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right. We're locking up the store. Get out now while you can. (laughs) Thanks for coming. And we'll see you all next time. Have trails. Bye. Bye. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.